Welcome to this week's edition of Voices in Hyperspace. This is a podcast where a group of friends will get together and talk about any and all things sci-fi. Our main mission is to watch and review Babylon 5. Right now we are very close to the end of season one. Today we're on episode 16 entitled Eyes. I am one of your hosts, Legendary Black Lion. I'm Mel Asylum. I'm Nita Painter. And we are here. It is a new year. Granted, anyone listening, you've only, uh, you really haven't had a break. Uh, We took a break. We took a nice long break. (laughs) 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 The holidays were wild. Uh, Any, any cool, anything cool happened for you all over the holidays? Oh, yes. I went to Kansas City. Oh, yeah. I went to Kansas City, Missouri. I saw these really cool, amazing people. Um, I got to see and play in some snow. And being in San Diego, we don't get that. Uh, So, oh, and I got caught in a blizzard. Yep. Yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. But it was, I had a really fun time. Yeah, it was, it was definitely our pleasure to, um, to have you join us. So yeah, Nita came to, uh, hang out with Sunday and I, it was Sunday's birthday. Um, she is still out currently celebrating y'all. So she's not going to be on this episode, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, man, she, she celebrated hard and it was great. And of course, again, yeah. Nita, it was it was a lot of fun having you by. It was so much going on. Um, when I got home, I literally slept all day and could not get up for the life of me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you do, Mel? Uh, engineering got a new computer. So, yay. He got a desktop this time. So, he's less likely to break it. Uh, uh, I rested basically Um, pretty much I got some galactic tea videos recorded not edited and I rewrote chapter 5 of my book I'm supposed to be working on nice yeah very nice so now I got what six more chapters ago (laughs) (laughs) that's cool Um, and and speaking of books I finished um, Parable of the Sower uh, Octavia Butler. It was um, it was really interesting. It's basically post-apocalyptic America. Um, yeah, I I really liked it. It is a challenge when you have a point of view, like first-person point of view books. But this one's actually really really good. There there's just a couple that I like, and this is this is on this is on top of the list. Um. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, it's part of a larger series, so I'm probably going to dig in. So, so yeah. All right. All right. So this episode, Eyes, is um, it's pretty interesting. Before I give you my impression, um, Mel, you saw the whole thing with me. What uh-huh. are your what are your initial impressions of this episode? Um the starting impression was uh, reminding me of an old time when I met Engineering's dad and he was building a Kawasaki Ninja in his kitchen. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so memories. Um, it. I, I. My brain has been on trauma for the last few months. Um. So I was looking at the different ways that people are dealing with trauma. Um, the inspector. Uh, he wanted to confront his trauma in a kind of um, unhealthy way. Uh, I was just listening to uh, something else that I started doing during the break was listening to the body, the body takes score, the body keeps score. That's what it's about. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. And it's about trauma and how your body holds on to it despite you know everything else you try to do. Uh, and one of the ways that he said that a lot of people can deal with it is confront it because when you re when you get tr um, triggered and you try to reenact something from that traumatic thing uh it doesn't you're looking for a conclusion and a lot of people found like some type of healing from reenacting it in some way either electronically or going to a self-defense class or something he decided to confront him head on and uh, you know, endanger an entire <laughs> station. Yeah. But then also, I see Ivanova. She's con she's confronting the whole uh, trauma with the the psychor. But I think her like she she didn't have control and she didn't have that love that she needed. But I think she gets it from being in um, Earth Core, Earth Alliance. Yes, Earth Alliance. All those things that she was looking for are things that she's very happy with. And when they took that from her, she kind of lost it. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that's interesting because I wrote in my notes um, how... No, actually, it was in our in our last episode. One of, well, one of our previous episodes, we, we uh, were discussing Ivanova. And basically, she wants to be sad, right? Mm -hmm. um, she is internalizing her trauma... But you kind of add another dynamic to that in that um, Earth Force does offer stability for Ivanova. She she is good with the routine. And also she has a measure of control being uh, like on the command staff. Mm -hmm. She's able to order people around. It's not that she necessarily is able to trust people, even though she's beginning to. You know, she her and um, Sinclair have a particular relationship. Her and uh, Garibaldi have a particular relationship. She's she's building a sense of familiarity mm -hmm. and that gets disrupted in this episode. In fact, the entire command staff, you know, our main characters, they they are put in a situation where they are at risk of losing everything. And mm -hmm. and it and it, it becomes a very stressful situation because this character Ben Zane with Mr. Gray, you know, they, they appear on the station and they're just throwing their weight around, you know? <laughs> and it seems that they do have the full support of, uh, of earth force and the politicians. And so mm -hmm. instead of the station being at threat of blowing up an alien invasion or going to war, it's, they are, <laughs> they are at risk of being court-martialed, you know, the law is their enemy this time. Mm -hmm. And while I have been tempted, well, honestly, um, to give you my impression, this episode is like a filler 
but it's also a refresher episode because they mentioned so many things that happened um, throughout season one up to this point. They bring up Bester. Bester is mentioned uh, more than once. Uh, they bring up Talia Winters. Uh, they bring up the strike. They bring up the Vorlons. So th- in, instead of them doing like a uh, a recap episode and showing you flashbacks, right. it's all of the choices that have been made and all of the different things that the all of the senior staff is, have done is becoming is, is under scrutiny. And the, there's potential that everyone is going to be like either reassigned or charged or something like that. And I thought that was an interesting approach because, you know, with so many episodes, it's hard to remember what happened, but they picked a very, I think an effective way to remind people like, Hey, yeah, all of these things did happen. There are consequences to these decisions and you should probably watch the previous episodes to figure out what that was. So just to give you a, a brief little recap. The episode starts off. It starts off with Garibaldi. He's in his he's in his quarters with a disassembled motorcycle. Um, Lanier comes in and he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm putting together this motorcycle." And he's talking about how cool it is. Um, and Lanier's like, "Hey, can I help?" And so Lanier is a nerd. This gotta be boring. Is that? engineering <laughs> yes it is he's in here cooking oh. <laughs> i told him that i'm recording right now he's really concerned about the air fryer acting up oh okay <laughs> that's cool um lanier is a big old nerd he wants to learn as much as he can about humans if we want to do a brief recap um we are we as viewers, we want to keep in the back of our minds that the uh, the Minbari, while they are pretty cool alien characters, the human characters really can't trust them because they have they have their own agenda, and Lanier is in the middle of it. And so when he when he pops up and he shows like this genuine curiosity for human culture, it's just like honestly, it's amusing because he looks like a he's like a kid. Um, and he's an overachiever. While this is all going on, basically there are two other characters who appear on this, you know, who arrive on the station. This is Ben Zane and Mr. Gray. They are on, under the guise of um, of uh, corporate agents, but they really are part of Earth Force, and they're basically going to be conducting like a loyalty check investigation on the senior staff and that's that's pretty much like where the story is going to stem from the you don't see many of the other in fact you don't see any of the other alien characters it's just Lanier and a very human centric cast Mm -hmm. um we are reminded of telepaths so Mr. Gray is a telepath he's there to do scans while they're doing the investigation and um, Ben Zane, who uh, in this episode, Garibaldi calls Ben Hitler. <laughs> I took a note of that. That was funny. <laughs> it, it, like, he's telling you straight up, like, this dude is very much coming across like um, a space Nazi. But, I mean, the actor um, that they picked, 
I think did an amazing job to to be a menacing bureaucrat. Mm-hmm. Um, the voice, the voice is very um, intimidating. The scar is menacing, and uh, just the way that he, the way he navigates around uh, all of the main characters, he he has the appearance that he is in control of everything. And the other characters are very irritated because they're like, okay, I can't hurt him. I can't disobey uh, all of these things because military regulations. Mm-hmm. And so at one point we're like, the thing that's the thing that is threatening our, you know, our characters is, you know, the law and regulations and they're going to get, some you know there something's going to be uh fabricated or there's going to be a technicality that's going to threaten their position on this on the station i notice a lot of uh the words being used um <laughs> like interweb chamber pot that was weird um yeah and i'm like <laughs> how did you go back so far as to like chamber pot um it's it, we and from her perspective, they haven't used chamber pots in like 400 years. <laughs> and then, um, uh, what is his name? Uh, Michael said, uh, if I knew who God was, I would thank her. Yeah. I thought that was, oh, yeah. that stood out to me very much. <laughs> but all these little, like, I don't know, like, there were a lot of pop culture references to, what was it? Um, somebody in Barf, uh, Uncle. Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, the Garibaldi just being like a smart mouth. <laughs> um. Well, you know, uh, early in the series, we we learned that he's into like retro Earth stuff. So for yeah. his character, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, but for it's it's kind of a theme where there's always this not always, but for a lot of these shows, there's that one character who's obsessed with what our modern time is yeah yep <laughs> or something that we've already lived like oh what's his name tom and the the the, the black and white space hero thingy the yeah i think <laughs> yeah, that was cute um another note that i want to point out and this is a part that nita came in on ivanova looks good fighting like um claudia christensen i noticed she did b movies but i think she got some good like stunt choreography down she she looks like she can hurt people when she fights (laughs) unlike garibaldi which okay again i understand that these actors are coming from different backgrounds but um garibaldi does not look very coordinated when he when he's throwing fists, right? Mm-hmm. It, it it looks painful, <laughs> but uh, but Ivanova, yeah, she she could throw down. <laughs> um, the pacing of the episode I thought was pretty good. It it didn't lag anywhere. There was no there was no empty space. Um, mm-hmm. I felt like in between, like it was a good back and forth between what's going on between uh, Gray and Zane versus uh, the senior staff and Sinclair. Like, almost kind of like a cat and mouse. Like, 
we're doing this, we're going to catch him at this. And it's like, we're doing this, and we're going to avoid him at that. Um, Sinclair is, during this episode, he's doing what he always does, which is he is thoroughly studying um, military regulation, law, and even like the Supreme Court uh, opinions of how law is interpreted. And it's like, at this point, we we should expect him to do this. Like, he's going to find a loophole. He knows what he's talking about. He always finds loopholes. Yeah. That's, that's what he does, other than, you know, run into danger. <laughs> Running <laughs> run solo missions in his lone <laughs> fighter to go take on <laughs> mini raiders. Yep. Um, And what I wanted to... What I want to point out is okay. Let's let's take a moment, look at these different s- small story threads. Lanier, like I said, Lanier is um very interested in Earth history. Uh, this is kind of like the smallest and least consequential story beat, but he's helping Garibaldi. He is quote unquote helping Garibaldi put together this motorcycle. So the entire time that this investigation is happening, Garibaldi is checking in. There's Lanier, like really just um, in like involved in putting this thing together. At the beginning of the episode, what Garibaldi is complaining about, it took him a long time to get the instruction booklet, but the book is in Japanese. So he's like frustrated because he doesn't read Japanese. Well, guess what Lanier does? It gets a chance, uses a computer to translate it. Yeah. And then he learns like, Japanese. <laughs> yeah. But I'm thinking like um, from our perspective now in the 90s, maybe they can't imagine just, you know, scanning it and translating it. But like we do that all the time now. Yeah. And, and we're still 200 years behind that show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it shows the maybe the lack of uh, imagination or maybe the lack of time to imagine uh, the technology that could do that. Um, right. We, you know. Especially, and then, like, he didn't even need technology for it. Like, you could have just called up, like, this Earth Force. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you should have some colleagues somewhere. They uh, have people on the could, station who are Japanese. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, isn't Sinclair, all right, so Sinclair's girlfriend, she's uh, Japanese, right? Am I am I yeah. remembering that correctly? Yeah, yeah. And she's we well, she hasn't like disappeared, has she? Did she disappear? She she went to work. <laughs> yes. Okay. So maybe she's not accessible. So okay. she yeah, she's not on the station. She probably doesn't want to hang out with him and and read an instruction book to him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> with knowing the the women on the cast, like. Uh, you know, on the staff and whatnot, how many want to hang out with Garibaldi? <laughs> like, like none of them. Mm. But um, Susan did ask him for, for that drink finally. Too. Yeah, that was a callback, and that was there was call another callback. Um, yeah, I don't remember right now. I know that. Um, I know that Ben Zane offered Garibaldi a drink, and he said no. And then Ben Zane is like, "Oh, really?" We can make the assumption that Ben Zane is aware that Garibaldi has a problem and it, mm-hmm. he he goes on to say, oh, yeah, well, it's a good thing that you don't because it makes soldiers weak. You know, 
throwing the little jab at Garibaldi. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after that, you know, a short time later, he's like, Garibaldi, you're on my staff. And so I look at that as he understands Garibaldi's reputation and his effectiveness, and he wants to keep him, keep him very close. Mm. It also takes away power from uh, Sinclair. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's the main objective there. Um, Garibaldi and Sinclair do have a very close uh, and trusting relationship. Um, that important detail is going to come up again in season two. Uh, so, you know, teaser, make sure you all stick around for season two. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you can't hold Garibaldi down, right? Mm-hmm. So while he, so Ben Zane require, requests all of like uh, Garibaldi's security files on the senior staff. He's an even confidential and lock files and yada, yada, yada. So Garibaldi goes and he's getting that put together. And then he's like, you know what? While I'm downloading this, let's look into Ben Zane. Let's figure him out. So they don't properly assess Garibaldi's uh, resourcefulness. Because he, Mm -hmm. that, what is it called? The interweb program? (laughs) Which, you know, 1990s. Which doesn't do translations. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) But humans seem to be monolingual or there is some sort of like universal translator for human languages Mm. or or all languages, right? Um, Because everybody speaks English. Or everyone, everyone understands each other. But um, he had, uh, Garibaldi has the interweb program, and he's doing a search on uh, Ben Zane, and he finds out that Ben Zane and our friend, little uh, Nazi overlord himself, Bester, are good friends. Now that's an interesting detail. Mm-hmm. We know that Bester is not very fond of. The B5 folks, because of what happened, they mentioned it. Uh, what's uh, the guy that became God? Uh, <laughs> uh, what was his? Uh, I can't remember his name. But his um, name. It was a super simple name too. Yeah, like Mike like Smith Tom or, or something, something yeah. like that. But um, and then like one of one of the Psychor guys got vaporized. So Bester's mm-hmm. probably not feeling very um, very good about the B5 folks. So. It comes to their attention that okay, Bester's associated with this guy. This is bad business. This is this is bad news. I have some thoughts on Mister Gray, mm-hmm. but I wanted to know what were your impressions of Mister Gray, the telepath. Uh, I thought he was trying to empathize with, um, with a Susan, and trying to tell her the story, but he just wasn't listening. But like everyone has their doubts about things. He she just not again. She just doesn't trust anyone who's okay with Sidecore at all. So, <laughs> yeah. But he he kind of just more accepted it and he was in a position to accept it. That he wanted he, he kind of was like, Oh, I, I see where you were hurt by them too. I was hurt by them. Let's let's be friends. <laughs> um, <I'm sorry. laughs> he seemed kind of needy and he seemed very passive which was very different from all the other psychor yeah because most of the other psychor either very intimidating or very um 
uh, they have very strong personalities. His, yeah. his personality came off kind of uh, like a wimp a little bit. Yes. He he had the the actor was very much giving us uh, anxiety. He was very anxious to try to like uh, connect and appeal to Ivanova. She was mm-hmm. not having it, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of weird at the end where he was feeling uh, the commander's, uh, the inspector's feelings, and <laughs> he was disgusted by it. Yeah, and I'm like, normally. I don't know, maybe because of the, the other guy, um, the leader that came by. Uh, Bester? I, 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 Bester, yeah. yeah. I would feel that he would be like invested in whatever strong feelings came from people. Or maybe he was just pissed off because he tried, treated him like nothing. He just treated him like a tool. I was like, but you just use me for anger. <laughs> Which... Yeah, I don't see yeah. where someone invest like truly invested in Psycor would care what other people's feelings are too yeah. much. It would be pretty mundane. Oh, you're angry. Wow, he's really after you. Instead of you're angry, <laughs> on him. Like and then the way he bitch slapped him after that. Oh man. <laughs> I felt disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're um I I, I think I agree with you on like the way that uh, Mr. Gray comes across. He's very passive. There were there, you know, we can put together bits and pieces of what we learn about the telepaths. Um, they are a group that earth force wants to keep very much under control. Mm-hmm. Um, they are marginalized. They have to wear, you know, certain uniforms. They have to wear the gloves. There are specific laws on, um, on if you're a telepath, you have to be registered. You have to be registered with Psycor, and you can get a you can get a um a civilian job, but no matter what, you're you're regulated by Psycor. So if yeah. you're a human that um that has telepathic powers, you're always you're basically on a leash, no matter what. And even the medications that um, limits their medic their their abilities kind of slowly. Mentally kills them, mentally, emotionally. Yeah, which is very similar to a lot of medications that people are on for other things. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and we, and we see Ivanova have a nightmare about that with her mother. So we we learned that her mother basically was like she was killed with um, with taking her treatments from the. Uh, from Psychor, she to suppress her powers. They made that needle very menacing. Menacing. <laughs> yeah, it was enormous. Like, uh, I guess for the that was one like the dream sequences and the mind stuff. They really make it look like a theater production. Yeah, like it's yeah. very and even with the mask was like very straight out of the theater. Yeah, um, uh, comedy and tragedy. Portray. Yeah. Uh huh. But yeah, it was uh, it was unnecessary for the needle to be big, that big. I think if it was an actual memory, but because it was her trauma, yeah, messing with her, uh, that they made it very theatrical. <laughs> yeah, and um, and Mister Gray's experience, what he shared with uh, about Psychor, it gave him a purpose. So the 
the the the shared experience is they like both Mr. Gray and Ivanova know that telepaths are no no matter what they're going to be on people's radar. They're going to get hunted down, and Psychor is going to take them in. And you can either be trained or restrained. Mm-hmm. And he, he was like, "Well, with the options that I had for me, I might as well join the Corps." And I can fight in my own way. I can help serve Earth in my own way. And I can be proud of the work that I do. Which, uh, thinking about it, it makes me think that maybe he understands that they're doing some shady stuff. And he just wants to, he wants to create, like, a narrative in his head that, you know what, I'm actually doing something good, even though I am intruding people's most personal uh, inner thoughts. Yeah. And <laughs> or maybe also because he didn't get to do what he wanted to do. Right. Because of something that didn't, he didn't have any control over, which I mean happens to people. And then when you are trapped in that, you try to find if he was trying to find the best in his situation, even though he didn't want to be in that situation. Whereas um Ivanova does not want to find the best in her situation. Well, she does, technically. But when it comes to the Psycorp uh, situation, she doesn't see any good in it. Right. Where he kind of can see the good in the situation, even though he does see the bad. But let's 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 put ourselves in Ivanova's shoes. This horrible authoritarian organization is responsible for the uh like the degradating of the quality of life of your mother and ultimately her death then here comes a dude just waltzing in with somebody throwing their power around and he's like hey let's be friends like <laughs> she uh, I, I wrote down my on my notes i'm like he can probably feel the hate just radiating from Ivanova. <laughs> and um, yeah, he should be nervous every time she, he's in a room with her because mm-hmm. yeah, she wants to use his head as a chamber pot. And I bet <laughs> the language is used there for that line to make it to network television. So mm. we can, oh, we can use wow. our imaginations. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 90 censoring okay yeah <laughs> but also like <laughs> she when um in this the the um episode about her father when yeah. he had to do the the um ritual to warn him she told a lot about her childhood before her mom died or around the time her mom died where she was already like deep into philosophy of politics in the first place and authoritarian regimes and stuff so as soon as she saw the real life authoritarian uh, regime she was like all on it (laughs) yeah yeah and I guess that kind of puts all of these characters in um, kind of in a bind right Mm -hmm. Psychor exists Um, uh, throughout this episode you see um, Sinclair is Interacting with, uh, oh man, I don't. He's a politician. That is, he's an Earth Force, Earth Force politician, mm-hmm. and basically, what is told to him is like, oh, the president is seeking seeking 
re-election. So don't don't cause any trouble because you might lose support. You know, mm-hmm. you know. Forget the fact that so many people's careers are at stake, which could also put people's lives at stake. It's like no, the president wants to stay in power. So let's like, you know, let's make sure that this happens so we can keep power, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess again, let's point out there is some some interesting political things happening in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, there is an election that's going to be happening. Um, what's happening in this episode, there is the talk of um, the rebel groups on on Mars. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things that they're worried about at the beginning of the episode is whether or not Babylon 5 is going to be used as a weapons supply station for a lot of these uh, rebel groups. So there's political violence happening in the background. And Babylon 5 is going to, is, is kind of like not really in the middle of it, but there's the potential. Right. And I think, wasn't the president, did that president have something to do with the, who put him in charge? I um, mean, other than the, the gray council that nobody knows about. I think so. The Great Council kind of threw their weight around, and they're like, "No, we don't want anyone but Sinclair." And we know yeah. now we know why. But um, but as far as the president's um, perception, the world's perception of the president, how is Babylon Five in that? Like, especially since it has to do with our um, exploration of making friends outside of the planet. <laughs> If we if we put some of the pieces together from past episodes, there some of the uh, civilian workers, some of the civilian contractors, they look at it as humans are bowing down to the aliens that nearly wiped us out, wiped the humans out. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's like some cynicism and a sense of helplessness, but that kind of goes away. Uh, in later episodes, but you do get something back because people uh, they they accuse Sinclair of being a alien sympathizer, but his job is to be a diplomat, and so my question is like, being... what do they expect him to do? Like, <laughs> right, that, his job is to be an alien sympathizer, basically, right, and ultimately prevent another war. Like the entire purpose is. Let's make friends. Let's not do war anymore. And then you have uh, different factions on on the Earth side who are like, no, nah, we need to kick these people out. We need to show strength. We need to fight. Then you have uh, Psychor, which there will be more revealed about them. But right now they are like, they are kind of like their own little faction. They protect each other, even though they are they, they they claim to want to protect humanity. Bester could not care less about normal humans. They call them normies. They they have a name. <laughs> like normies. <laughs> I mean, like, that's what some like um uh goths call normal people normies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean the Psychor wears all black and they wear those gloves. Yeah. It it, it, it kind of it kind of reminds me of um Magneto and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, like mm. they they do understand that they are superior to non telepathic humans, and uh, just I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil this aspect of it. Like 
the telepaths want to breed more telepaths. They want to kind of, they want to supersede the human race. And yeah, but they understand they're, like, they're hey, Nazis. <laughs> yeah, they're Nazis, and they also understand that they're on a tight leash. So they're trying to stay as close as possible to power, which is why in that previous episode they gave a public endorsement of a political um, of a political candidate. Where they said, like, hey, we normally don't do this, but we're doing it now. And and there's a reason why. It's because the, the, the president is a fascist. No, not the president, but the, that candidate is a fascist. So the <laughs> the psychor is trying to, you know, they're trying to sneak their way in through fascism. Which, mm-hmm. yeah. I was just super surprised to come in and see uh, Ivana throwing hands like she did. Um and what did he do? He gave her oxytocin or something? Oxycontin? Well, he, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> he called them oxy pills, which I I don't know. But apparently they help you sober up really quickly. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I know that. I know they, they used them in previous episodes. So... <laughs> I guess when uh, senior officers go and drink heavily the night before, they can take some oxy pills, sober up, and be on duty the next morning. Someone like Ivanova would probably appreciate that because she likes to be prompt. Mm-hmm. Punctual. Um, oh, yeah. that Okay. So that whole casino scene, really, really cool. Um so what happens is Ivanova is she's all ready to resign or be court-martialed for refusing a scan, uh, a scan by a telepath. So she's like, well, screw it. Let's go out drinking. <laughs> and she, yeah, she gets, she gets drunk. She gets wasted. And I knew what was going to happen when that guy, he's like, oh, look at, you know, he, he wins whatever game he's playing, he's like, oh, look at the cute senior officer. And she goes, cute, huh? He goes, yeah, his hands are all on her. She finishes her drink, and then they cut away. I'm like, she's beating the pants off this guy. (laughs) Yeah, like, sorry, bud. Wrong choice. (laughs) But uh, let's look at the difference between the bar fights in the past. Ivanova took out four maybe five people by herself, right? (laughs) Garibaldi got handled by four or five people by himself. (laughs) Uh, These two characters are not built the same. Uh, Ivanova can handle herself. Garibaldi, uh, he needs, yeah, he needs help. (laughs) Sinclair came in to help at one point. And like I, I remember thinking as a kid, I'm like, maybe the aliens are just stronger because they're aliens. We but, we've we've pointed uh, out in the past that like Garibaldi <laughs> Garibaldi has problems. Um of course the drinking problem thing, you know, whatever. But the other problem is he always goes places by himself. He never has anyone covering his back. And it's always somebody at random watching his back. So someone's gonna shoot him, stab him, punch him. Another person comes and saves his life, and he and you know his back is completely turned. And I'm like, how long is this gonna? T- you know, how long will it be before somebody, you know, finally gets to drop on Garibaldi? You know, 
he's just lucky. Like he was supposed to already die on Mars anyway. Say that again. They tried. They, he was supposed to already die on Mars anyway. He's oh just yeah. Lucky. Yeah, he he is lucky. Honestly, yeah, Garibaldi is very lucky. <laughs> like the rest of this season, um, y'all see, you will see. <laughs> so well, I have a question. The yeah. path was able to make um, Scarface feel pain by just saying pain. Yes. So they can project and cause people pain. I think Talia Winters did. Um, demonstrate this power in past episodes. Uh, mm. They can subdue people um, that actually the telepaths have some very interesting powers and they all have not been explored so far. But um, even with uh, homeboy becoming God, um, <laughs> we haven't seen everything that they can do. Mm. Cause um, if they can go into my, people's minds, they can, Put, they can also put things into people's minds. Yes. And if they if they think they're in pain, then they will actually feel the pain. Yes. Or yeah. either they're not really feeling the pain, they just actually think they're in pain. <laughs> so either way that works. I could see how that would work. Yeah. And then remember, kind of like what Mr. Gray was saying, um, whenever he was talking to Ivanova, he would bring up topics and then he'd be like, oh, yeah, Talia Winters, which made me think like, wow, um, Talia is on Ivanova's mind. Like. At random, right? Uh, did y'all catch that? Yeah, well, I kind of thought that she was thinking of Talia because uh, he's psychor and <laughs> like. <laughs> And she's she's the only one she's comfortable with. Yeah, she's yeah. the closest to any any sidecore person that she's comfortable with. So it's like if you're gonna come at me and be sidecore, be Talia. <laughs> well, maybe. Um, but I I just thought it was interesting. It was specifically Talia because there was also Lita, and all of those other sidecore um, telepaths that she was around, and she hates all of them, right? <laughs> but you might yeah. be right because she. Interestingly enough, Talia does come to mind when uh, Mr. Gray mentions her encounters with other telepaths. Um, so the episode goes on. Um, the what's his name? Ben Hitler. <laughs> uh, ben Zane. Um, he relieves uh, Sinclair of of command and he's like, I'm taking command. And then this, this is when he does his interrogation and basically Sinclair does a Uno reverse and he's like, Hey, we're under investigation. And uh, that means all senior staff, since you're in command, you're senior staff. So you're in investigation too. You got to be scanned. And this is where this thing starts to spiral out. He's all like, nah, bro, um, you stole my command. Those, uh, uh, those damn Mimbari, they picked you. You're, you have no command skills. Which, to be fair, um, Sinclair is not a domineering commander. Uh, he is he ba- he is like a let's you know let's let's skate on the margins type of person. He is doing his job. We we all have noted he's um, he's exhibiting some symptoms of PTSD. Um, 
but he's doing a very he's doing a good job as a diplomat. He's solving problems. Granted, a lot of these problems he's solving the hard way, but he's getting the job done, right? Um mm-hmm. it turns out that Ben Zane was in the top ten well, he was one of the top ten choices for command of Babylon five, and the Mimbari was like, no. Which good job, Mimbari. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like his heart. I think like with the the way the politics are in this world, and that in the Babylon Five world and in our world, um, it it you wouldn't have had someone who actually cared. You would have just had someone. The the top people would have been in it for the prestige, for yeah. the title, um, for control. Whereas he's in it to literally save people's lives. Right. <laughs> and. And Ben Zane would have probably been just a tool of um, those politicians. Like they're they're really trying to make Sinclair this instrument, but um, but he's resisting and he's using the law. And he's using military regulations. He's he's putting a big he's putting up a big res, uh, a great resistance, and um, and it's frustrating, folks. <laughs> But I think that's like that's the that's the entire senior staff, all of our main characters. Um, right. Sinclair resists. Garibaldi resists. Ivanova is very resistant. Um, and then all of their help, like uh, you got Franklin. What Franklin? Uh, like, if I were to say what kind of character he was, he reminds me of Doctor Strange. He's just like super arrogant. He's gonna. He's going to do what he's going to do. He's going to break the rules. So I guess that kind of goes into, that kind of matches up. Everybody everybody breaks the rules on this show. Mm-hmm. And they do it in such a way where they can, like, escape consequences. <laughs> so during this investigation, um, Sinclair is, you know, he's throwing it right back at Ben Zane. And he's getting him agitated. And he gets him, he gets him to admit, like, there's no real reason for him to be there to um, investigate and take command other than his friend Bester has mm-hmm. a vendetta against that staff and so does Ben Zane and he just wants to take command away from Sinclair. This comes to light as the t- as Mr. Gray is scanning both of them and he's like, no, you're lying. And then uh, he gets pimp-handed down (laughs) 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 which i mean that was the funniest part of the whole episode he didn't even punch him he smacked him he smacked him and he (laughs) flew across the room and i'm just like that's too funny like yeah um ben zane pulls a gun on uh sinclair garibaldi's like i'll shoot him but he's like he's like no and and uh, Ivana was like, he can't get all of us, you know. So, so they're they're already just like, screw it, we'll we'll die today. Um, <laughs> which um, I commend that them because they 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 all figured like their career's over. But mm-hmm. then Mister Gray tells him, he's like Mister Zane, pain. He causes him pain. He drops the gun. Sinclair grabs the gun and he does your good old wallop across the jaw. <laughs> <laughs> he, he want to see me punch Hitler in the jaw. 
He thought he was Captain America for a second. Yes. Um, and then uh, pretty much the episode ends. Um, I wonder if uh, his his friend put something in his mind to make him like, hey, you know that that position you were supposed to get. This there's a reason. You should go find out. Like, I don't think he just told him. I think he used his his. Hold on, hold on. Line, line slow, slow down, slow down. <laughs> We're not there yet. We're only in no, season this one. This is my guess. <laughs> you just told me ahead of time that hold I on. right. Hold on. <laughs> Actually, this never, this I think this almost never comes back up, but with what you're guessing, it is not beyond the capacity for the what you're saying with Bester. Like something similar does happen. But you got you guys got to watch. Uh, I think it, I think it's uh, season three. Where anyway, uh, watch watch Babylon Five. It's gonna be awesome. So uh, episode ra- wraps up with Garibaldi finding out that Lanier had completed assembling the motorcycle. <laughs> what this took like a whole two days, right? Mm-hmm. So in two days, this this guy. Learns Japanese, assembles a motorcycle, and retrofits a crystalline power system. And they're like, well, screw it. Let's go for a ride. So they're riding a motorcycle inside Babylon 5. <laughs> and the show ends. The, the, the show ends with them, quote unquote, everything's back to normal. Or is so, it? <laughs> the, the, the station's only five miles long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't go but so fast unless you're just gonna go in a back and forth, run laps up the hall, like basically. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but it's kind of cute. That <laughs> <laughs> made me think: like, is this product placement for the Kawasaki? It could have been because so they could, said it was a two thousand. No, not it was a ninety two. Nineteen ninety two. Yeah. So that was either the year or the the prior year that had come out right and i think that's the same um year the bike that uh engineering's dad <laughs> oh wow but that was like in 2014 13 <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so it was, it was old then but yeah he had actually three of them that he was putting together <clears throat> but i think the main one was the the 92 <laughs> <laughs> okay so any final thoughts on this episode no I think that was it was very much a let's set let's let's uh enforce the fact that it's important to know that Sinclair got this job by weird means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and other people are upset about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it was gonna have some type of rippling effect. Like we can't just say, oh, he got this job, but we don't know how. And there'd be no consequences to him just jumping everybody. Right. So this was one of the consequences. Yep. And and like I said, this is kind of like a refresher episode. There's some other, you know, a lot of things that happened that you were like, hey, you know, I should go back and watch the episode to figure out what this, you know, what this was. It does, it is up to filler, but not... Not TKO level <laughs> filler. 
this actually does kind of it doesn't progress the story, but it kept, it it gives you the status of everyone, mm-hmm. like the senior staff. You know, our main characters for the most part are willing to um, face trial or quit to do the right thing. Um, and and you know, more than one occasion they've proven that, but they've done so very like very forcefully in this episode. Mm-hmm. Which means, again, there are consequences, which, like, I would assume that they are going to be on Earth Force's radar um, in the coming episodes. <clears throat> All right, so that is another episode of Babylon 5. This was called Eyes. And I think what the title had to have been, like, kind of like Eyes, like Big Brother is watching. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, we, um, with uh, Voices in Hyperspace, we are, of course, we have some different projects going on. Uh, we got solo missions. Uh, we're going to be scheduling a few more of those. On our YouTube, I am beginning to offer, like, impressions of different sci-fi projects. So be looking out for those. Um, most recently, I've uploaded my impression of Rebel Moon, and I think I'm going to upload one on Hawkeye. Not Hawkeye. Whoa. Marvel's Echo. Um, and uh, Mel is working on, oh my God, Cosmic Tea, Galactic Tea. I'm sorry. Galactic Tea. <laughs> yeah. Galactic Tea. <laughs> yeah. Galactic Tea videos hopefully come out every Wednesday. So far, they've, I've only missed one. Um, my last Galactic Tea was on Killmonger. And feel free to go on TikTok and see the video and tell me things that you know or think about the characters that I'm doing. Because Killmonger is one that a lot of people have opinions on. <laughs> yeah, lots of opinions. Not really a lot of p- opinions. People have particularly one opinion about... <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, two opinions about Kill- Killmonger. Two, two opinions. Yes, two. Yeah. One political two, two and opinions. one... one um, one has something to do with the character and all to do with the actor his diet apparently (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh, be looking out for those Um, Sunday we'll be returning to the station um, next episode All right. well thank you for joining us for this episode of Voices in Hyperspace you can catch us on your favorite podcast streaming platform um for those of you that use google podcasts that is going to be discontinued in april and is all of that stuff is going to be on um youtube music you can already find all of your favorite podcasts that previously um were on google podcasts on youtube music so if you want to go ahead and get ahead of that and download it you can do that otherwise catch us on apple Podcasts, spotify and various other podcast aggregators. Uh, so we're going to get out of here. I'm Legendary Black Lion. I'm Mel Asylum. And of course, Dina Painter is... <laughs> and we'll see y'all next time. <laughs> Bye.